What's up, everybody? This book- <laughs> I already fucked it up. They're killing my hobby. Ah. This is the Gods of Crusade podcast. The one and only home of the LaCroix boys. I am one of those boys, EJ Olson. I am joined by Nick Derheim. You're not drinking a LaCroix. I'm sorry. What are you drinking? (laughs) I broke the oath. Oh, shit. Just a cup of water. Damn it. I'm (laughs) drinking beer. So this is not the official home of the LaCroix boys. I'm sorry. I lied to all of you. Our brand. (laughs) No. Well, uh, you know, we've we've been trying to find what works for us, you know? The number one powerless podcast thing. That's already taken, so. I know. We were really banking on that, too. (laughs) Did that show get canceled? What? The Precipice or the the other one? (laughs) No one listens to the Hills Have Eyes podcast, so it might as well have been canceled. Uh, Just kidding. Go check out Precipice Between Two Hills. Our boys, Max and Andrew, that podcast rocks. I listen every week. They do it every week. We don't. That's okay. Anyway, a couple of things I'm going to plug right now before we get started that I never plug at the beginning. Find us on Twitter. You can find Nick at Presh Till Death. You can find the Console Crusade at Console underscore Crusade. I won't give you my Twitter because I'll just block your ass anyway. Yeah, you're very selective about your followers. I should just make it private, but I need those sweet, sweet retweets from all of my homies for validation. For validation, but also you don't want people to follow you. (laughs) I just want my friends and those on the periphery of that, that group to acknowledge me privately or otherwise. You know. But public? I don't know. I don't know about all that. Anyway, I was going to ask you, how many beers have you had to drink, sir? But you're not drinking any beers. You're drinking water, and not even the good water. I'm disappointed in you. If you did ask that question, what metric did you want me to go off of, like, today or all time? Obviously, I mean all time. Dozens. (laughs) (laughs) Dozens of beers. Well, anyway, we're talking all sorts of things today. Just a couple of things. All of the things. All right? The most things. Should Should I give a rundown? Of all of it, or should we just jump into it and talk some shit? I'm like, here, here we go. Here, here's what we're talking today. Okay, we're talking a little bit of the little bit of the Switch. Actually, mostly the Switch, because apparently that's all we talk about anymore is Nintendo. It's the new hotness. It makes a lot of sense that we would talk about it. Also, neither of us play anything but the Switch for the most part. Yeah, I kind of dabble a little bit with PC stuff, but not nearly as often. It's less convenient, you know. It's so much less convenient. Even after hooking my thing up to the TV and getting a controller, and it's just, it's such a hassle. Well, especially for you, where you do all your work on the computer, you kind of, that's what you think of your computer is for. Right. So you want to escape from it. You want to go sit on your couch three feet behind you and kick your feet up. Right. You know, I've been playing a ton of of Stardew Valley. I know everyone's harping on me to finish Mario, and I'll get there when I just have like a solid day or two where I don't have to do anything. It's just not that long of a game, and I want to talk about real stuff without spoiling moments for you Ah, okay okay i will beat mario before next recording okay so like i said last week we're never recording again then (laughs) god damn it i'm gonna beat it okay don't put that juju on me i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna beat it and we're gonna talk about it next week full in-depth review weeks later than everybody else that's called a teaser guys it's supposed to get you to keep listening (laughs) I'm, i'm making a commitment to the three listeners okay they matter to us well, they matter to me. I don't know about you. Well, I hate all of you. Anyway, we're talking, like I said, some Switch, GameStop rental program, uh, the the maybe potentially ill-fated Amazon Retro Zone. I don't know what that's all about. I'll tell you all about it, bro. Don't worry. 
Yeah, I don't even know what that's all about. I'm waiting for EJ to break it down for oh, me. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. The badness. Okay. The bad. Nice. Uh, okay, I'm just going in order here on my list here. Something of note that we have not... I mean, I think we've mentioned it, but we really haven't gotten into it, is game sizes, game downloads on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and not only the sizes of the digital games, but also the downloadable components for games you buy physically. Right. Uh, and so far, I think a couple of the most egregious offenders, games like, I know Doom, you were telling me that the mul- it's just the multiplayer that does not come on the cartridge. Yeah, so that's like something that I'm not so concerned about because at least they have the main game and that's the... I don't, I'm not going to play multiplayer on, on Doom. No. God, no one is, So right? a single player being on the cartridge is... That's totally acceptable. That's above and beyond what I would expect from a game that's fairly large on PS4 and Xbox One. I believe it's like a 50 gigabyte game, but they managed to get it down to whatever it is, the 13 gigabytes they have on the cartridge. Of course, yeah. I mean, cutting the textures by, you know, half or more in in many areas because the game or does it run it it doesn't run at 1080 a dock does it it's 720 i would imagine that's 720 they cut the frame rate also yeah not, that doesn't really matter for game size it's just performance but right they managed to i don't know i'd imagine there's 900p textures in that game it doesn't seem like a very texture heavy game you know like it's just a lot of red and hellscape looking stuff say it's a lot of a lot of the same assets i imagine for for most of it but at least yeah good on bethesda then at least for for acknowledging the fact that hey we can't fit it all on but we'll do our best to mitigate the damage and i'm not sure what the the story is for skyrim if that's going to be all in the car or it'll probably have a an extra download i could go check the download size for because they have it ready for preload but i don't know I'd be i have no interest in skyrim so that's more that's more your alley damn it nick i wish i wish you would just play skyrim i want you to experience it i want you to love it the way i love it <laughs> we've been over this man i've i haven't tried very hard, but the very little I tried <laughs> was not for me. Fair enough. There are a few other games that are, are particularly bad when it comes to download sizes. NBA 2K. We, I think we talked about this before a little bit. Like, I mean, the save files, for Christ's sake, are five gigs apiece, right? Which is the entirety of Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's isn't that unbelievable? Like, Nintendo, what kind of magic are they working over there? Well, I mean, if you want to really get into it, it's the, the reason that game file size is so small is because there's not a lot of textures they're not very big textures and there's no fmv cutscenes. yeah there's not there's no uh voice acting so their audio files are a lot smaller because really what it comes down to when it comes to uh game sizes just getting out of control is uncompressed audio yeah which is a performance thing you don't want to compress your audio because then the game engine has to uncompress it at some point and that either adds to load times or it interrupts gameplay. I'm actually, that's one of the things I was curious about with Doom, um, and because it's so renowned for its soundtrack, specifically, Mm -hmm. like, to fit that game onto a Switch cartridge, like, what sacrifices did they have to make uh, on that side of things? I think that, wasn't that an issue with Skyrim? Like, when that came out on the PS4, some weird audio compression was causing it to just sound like absolute shit? I'm not sure. I know that was a problem with Bioshock on PC when they... Did the remasters of those. Yeah. The trilogy. Yeah, so that's always something to, to worry about, especially, like I said, specifically because that game, you know, like the soundtrack was such a highlight of that release. My Skype is freaking out because I have bad Wi-Fi and you still haven't come over to hardline my PC. To, to drill holes all up in your business. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, how big is the NBA 2K download? 
I know that you can't download it onto the Switch by itself. You need an SD card, so it has to be above 20, what is it, 26 gigs free on the Switch. I believe it's 32 with 6 gigabytes taken up by the OS. Damn. I know we've talked about that, and, and everyone's talked about that, how frustrating that's going to be. But going forward, that problem's only going to be you know, exacerbated, right? As games get bigger and developers do do bigger and better things. Especially with things like the Xbox One X coming out and people moving bigger things, know, at least <laughs> bigger things, at least. I can't remember what the game was, but uh, might have been Shadow of War. But one of the games that has been uh, uh, whatever upresed, uh, higher texture uh, fidelity for Xbox One X, the full game size was 170 gigabytes, and the One X comes with a terabyte hard drive, which is you know that's like a fairly decent size, but that's a fifth of the hard drive essentially. 170 gigabytes, 4K. Yeah. Oh man, I mean that's that's huge. 4K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate how you enunciate properly when you when you say Xbox One X. You really don't want there to be any confusion there. Damn you, Microsoft for necessitating that. <laughs> what, what 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 silly goofy naming conventions? Hey man, ask the iPhone. <laughs> oh my gosh, the iPhone X. I mean the iPhone 10. The the iPhone 1S. That's that's a weird thing though. Why do they go? I just, okay, I don't want to get into it. It's it hurts my brain. It frustrates me. It's it's tech, dude. It has to sound futuristic. Why are we going from the eight to the ten in the same generation, like simultaneous release? I don't get it. Because it's a ten year anniversary. Oh, it's so silly. I don't like it. Anyway, but yeah, going forward, uh, this is only going to become more and more of a problem for the Switch. At what point are they going to start shipping base units with SD cards? You imagine at some point, or are they just going to do the Sony thing and charge way too much for, for uh, uh, I guess you don't need proprietary storage like the Vita did or the, the PSP did, but how long before Nintendo starts branding their own shit and selling it for exorbitant prices? Well, they've already done that. Do they have official Switch SD cards? Yeah, they teamed up with SanDisk to make Nintendo Switch micro SDs and they're really stupidly priced. Oh my god. They immediately went on sale to be almost normal priced. Imagine they, they literally just look like a normal SD card, but there's like a princess fucking peach on the cover or on the, the packaging, right? Something like that. I didn't look at the packaging. I just heard I just saw the, the breakdown of the cost and everything. Mad silly. You know, I always thought because when I first got the switch, everyone was talking about, you know, buying SD cards and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all physical. Like I don't I don't need the room. But even with having downloaded, I've got maybe four digital games. And then all my save data for everything, like my Switch is almost full. And it's not like I downloaded like big games. They're all indie titles. Mine was the same, but then I deleted NBA Playgrounds. Oh man, did you ever get into that game? I bought it, but I never actually opened it. And also it's like a 12 gigabyte game. Oh gosh. There's no reason that game should be 12 gigabytes. That's, that's crazy. than Zelda. <laughs> or Zelda's 13, but still that's like, come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I played that game a little bit and I appreciated what it, what it, it wanted to do, but it just never really never really grabbed me and wasn't quite what I wanted. So maybe I'll delete that. I'll be perfectly honest. The only reason I bought that was because of the promise of free Shaq Fu. <laughs> oh my God. Do we know when that's dropping? Um, no, dude, they don't even, they don't even talk about playgrounds. Every time they do, it's like, we're sorry. <laughs> but everyone's like, everyone's just mad at them. <laughs> it's like a no man's sky kind of situation. Just writ small. What kind of, uh, well, no man's sky, I, th- I think was, was much, much larger uh, well, yeah, scale. they put it on like three different E3s yeah. for, for what? I mean, this is stupid. You know, the people who played that game, though, really loved that game. The people who stuck with it for more than a week. They really liked it. And that's totally okay. 
yeah, good for them. I'm glad they had a good time. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. I'm looking forward to that Steam sale when it when it drops for you know, seven ninety nine. Like I'll definitely pick it up for ten bucks or whatever. Well, yeah. So anyway, that's you know the Switch game sizes. It's it's already becoming an issue, and it, I I can't imagine it's gonna get any better at any point until you know who knows. Switch two point will come out in twenty nineteen, right? And it'll have twice the storage and enhanced, you know. GPU and what the fuck ever, right? Yeah, I mean, I would expect that just based on the way they've iterated in all their handhelds. Yeah, and I wonder what a switch. And we're gonna gonna go off the rails here, but I wonder what a switch. You know, the the iterative design would be. There's a lot of there's a million different things they could iterate on. I mean, the controllers for sure. The Joy Cons could use an evolution already. Mm, a little bit, but I don't think they're gonna change it too much. Same with like the the screen size. Like I would imagine they'd keep the tablet a similar form factor, just so that it's backwards compatible with docks. Right. But as long as whatever Joy-Con they make, as long as it slides into those rails, they could kind of just do whatever they want. It just, they have to be kind of wary about who they've partnered with, with uh, cases. Right. Because if you have a case that suddenly doesn't fit your controller, that's going to be a huge pain in the neck. I like the mock-up that was kicking around our group chat of the pro cons or whatever. I would really love to get my hand on one of those just to, you know, bring that form factor of the pro controller to my switch. And even though you can't dock it with, with something like that, connected to the controller like who cares for those of us who are playing handheld for long periods of time we want a fucking d-pad and we want a decent form factor so our hands aren't all cramped over and real triggers that's the biggest thing for me i don't remember what was what was what would hinder that from docking did it actually affect the back of the the tablet the grips would hang down so far that you wouldn't be able to it wouldn't sit all the way down in the dock without you know they hang so much lower so <laughs> just dragging Drag it on the ground. Yeah, you have to like you have to like prop your uh you'd have to prop the dock. <laughs> Put your up. dock on a book or something. Yeah, exactly. Which hey, it's funny. I'd do it. I'd you're do still it. that tall dock. <laughs> Can you imagine another ninety dollars for a dock with an extra piece of plastic? Oh know? boy. Nintendo, please take my money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have not bought an extra dock. And I I said before the switch came out, if the docks come out and there was some ridiculous amount, I'm not you know, if it's any more than forty, I'm not gonna buy a new dock. Uh, and I've stuck to that. Ninety dollars is ridiculous for that hunk of plastic. I wait for the third party ones. Jury's still out for third party docks. Like Nikos released one, but I'm not super sold in the form factor. There's been a couple other ones, but they've all just been kind of like I don't know. They seem kind of cheap. I think the college out here has a 3D printer. I wonder if I can talk to one of those guys and see about maybe whipping something up. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be a cool little project. Yeah, but the downside of that is that you still only have one dock. The only reason I want an additional dock is so I could have one for taking around with me or for setting up in a different room as opposed to un- unplugging and moving stuff around. Right. Whereas the console itself is so portable and transportable that it's like, it doesn't matter. I just pop in the case and I walk out the door. Oh man. The current year is wonderful, isn't it? In some respects, yes. In some respects. The Nazis aren't great, but... No, they hardly ever are. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely, if ever. Wolfenstein 2, I'll probably pick that up when it comes out on Switch. As long as it's not like a super egregious bad performance as far as technically. You know, it's kind of crazy. We, we had kind of a drought of, of these well-received AAA games for a few months there. And then, you know, the same day we get Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein and Mario uh, and just sort of setting us up for this holiday season. Uh, oh, and South Park came out the week prior. So it's just been, a, a, you know, one big thing after the other. Uh, yeah, people think, are liking Shadow of War. Oh, yeah, that came out. Yeah, that kind of kicked it all off. That and uh, I guess you could kind of put Uncharted Lost Legacy in there as well. That was just weird DLC. Well, I mean, as much as like Left Behind was for 
uh, Last of Us. Yeah. Which was a great add-on, but it was definitely like a four-hour like. Yeah, and for all for all accounts, I I heard that Lost Legacy was closer to like an eight-hour experience, which I, I'm totally for AAA like story-based games having more full-fledged DLC. Like I don't care about horse armor, but if they can give me another story in that same engine, go for it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I really appreciate that they that they did that. Um, and eight hours, like that's uh, you know that's almost an Uncharted game. Right. Yeah. I don't think any of the Uncharted games took me more than than ten hours to beat. Mm-hmm. So, so that's interesting. Last was part two. They just dropped a story trailer at the was it the Paris? Yeah, Paris Games Week last week. People were a little bit up in arms about the Last of Us trailer because it didn't showcase any of the characters we knew, and and then the other half the people were crying about it because it was like hyper violent. You know, it was, it was oh yeah, it was super violent. Well, what else would you expect from a from a Last of Us trailer? I mean, I know you didn't play the first one. But you know enough about it. You've seen enough, right? Yeah, I kind of have my my finger on the pulse. And I understand a lot of the, I don't know about outrage. I think outrage is kind of a stupid place to jump to right. in that respect. But I understand the, the concern about just as it being like a marketing thing. Like, yeah, this is an advertisement for a game. And if it's a known quantity, then you don't have to advertise that aspect. Exactly. But if you're just giving violence with no context to try and get new people in, then what are you trying to sell the game as? So it's like, it's not really serving anybody. I, I see. I get. I get that argument. Um, I don't think they they made it particularly violent just to you know for shock value. I think it was just that's the nature of the game, and they kind of stuck you know in that same vein. Um, I like that we didn't see the characters we knew. Like we we saw a teaser with them already. We know what we're getting. They're going to be there. I like that they teased us with some new characters, some badass characters, and set up this whole new scenario. Like, is, oh, is that a pre? Is this a prequel? Is this a a, a distant sequel? Like, like it posed these questions that made me someone who is already going to definitely buy this game when it comes out in four years or whatever. It made me interested in a way that the last trailer didn't do anything for me. But like I said, with context, like. Half the characters they quote unquote introduced, they die in the trailer. <laughs> so like, how does that make me interested? I'm like, okay, so people die. Cool. Oh, come on, man. Those, <laughs> the two, the, the three chicks. Oh man. I thought it was so badass. I was so hyped after watching that trailer. Yeah, it was cool. It was a very visually appealing kind of display, but I, I don't know how it sells me on a game. I'm like, okay, that's a cool trailer. It's like the Death Stranding trailers don't inspire me to buy that game when it comes out because it doesn't mean anything. It's completely devoid of context. Yeah, trailer trailer is a difficult word because trailers, as as you always say, trailers are meant to sell a movie and I don't need to be sold on this movie. Like I'm going to see Star Wars. I'm going to see Thor. Like these big movies, like I don't need to be sold on it so I don't care. This is more, I think with games especially, so many people in this community are already plugged in. Like you don't have to sell us on this, but we want these little bits and pieces to, we want to be hyped, right? We want to be part of this fucking machine and keep that hype churning, man. Also like we, we don't know how far out this game is. So I don't like when trailers are dropping for a thing two years in advance either. Oh, this game, like I'd be shocked if we saw any of it by even 2019 shocked. Like two years is we've already seen two trailers. So I mean, I mean like, Anything substantial. Like, are we going to get a release date before 2019? Probably not. See actual gameplay this game? I feel like... Release dates aren't really substantial anymore. That's also true. They don't mean anything. I totally back not showing, giving a release date until you have a release date. Yeah. Like, don't make promises you can't keep. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that before in our frustrations about... I'd rather be kept in the dark than get hyped up for a date and then have it fall through for, you know... Like, look at South Park. They move that date four times. Yeah, and Rockstar does it. Sony first party hasn't given a date since 
I don't even know when. Probably Last Guardian. That got pushed a month too. Do we have, we have a hard date for Spider-Man or is it still just like Q1? So the last trailer they showed was 2018. And then one of the Sony's big guys, Sean Layton, God, what was that? E3. He said all the games shown at E3 were gonna were slated for first half of 2018. Okay. And that's like their, their window they're trying to hit. But how does Sony's, their business quarters, like... Because like Nintendo's Q4 is like ends in March, right? I believe Sony's is probably the same because J- Japan. I okay. think it's a Japanese thing. Okay. So Q1 starts in the spring. Sure. A Western company like Microsoft or Ubisoft, I think I think most of those fall into January through March is Q1 and then ends in December. Either way, I think it was a nice piece of storytelling. The, the Last of Us trailer, you know, it was it was it was fun. When the fun's not the right word, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not fun, but. Yeah, you mentioned Death Stranding. It's the same thing. Like, I know they had to, they had to do something. They had to show like how we've got Kojima now. He's gonna do something. Music videos. Yeah, like it's, you know, (laughs) fucking Kojima, dude. What a what a character. Got Mads Mikkelsen, and he's crying ink. It was a very strange trailer. (laughs) So gross. So gross. I'd definitely pick that up. Mads Mikkelsen, bro. He's a kid. He's a squid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's that. It's that we segue into that nicely and we're segueing out of it terribly. I love it. Cosmic say podcast motherfuckers. We out here talking topics. So here's something that I thought was big initially. And I think maybe you and I may disagree about uh, how relevant this is. And I don't know how successful it's been, but I want to talk to you about the GameStop power pass program, which the GameStop pa 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 at first, I was like, okay, this is interesting, their own rental service, and I started reading the details, and I was a little less eh, a little less excited about it, but so let, let me break it all down for you, all right? So $60 for six months, and you, I understand, have unlimited choice uh, between any of their pre-owned games, which, of course, includes anything that's just come out because GameStop rips them open, sells them as used games for you know, 90% of what they originally sold for. So you go in and literally pick up any game you want and and play it at your leisure and bring it in, swap it out. Cool. Rental program. It's like Gamefly, but you don't have to wait to pick it up in the mail, whatever. At the end of the six months, you get to keep the last game you rented. So theoretically, it's like, okay, 60 bucks. I get to play whatever I want for six months. And at the end of the six months, I'll go pick up the newest game, quote unquote, pre-owned even though they're brand new half the time. And then you just get to keep that game. So it's like you're really getting your money's worth. I'm curious how, from a business standpoint, how this makes sense for GameStop. They need as many people walking in the door as they can. Because every time a person walks in the door, it it ups their chance of buying a Funko Pop or a t-shirt. I guess that's true. It's just a marketing thing, huh? Which actually had, those items actually have margins on them that are sustainable. Whereas physical copies of video games, unless you're Walmart or a big box store like Target, you can't sustain it. Yeah. Even stores like Fred Meyer are axing their electronics department. Oh, that's crazy, really? Yeah. Is Fred Meyer are they are they going the way of the dodo? Well, they're not gonna have an electronics department. They just don't make money off it. Is that so is that a widespread thing or is that that's pretty recent? I, mean, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I mean newer ones that are being built that just don't have an electronics department and they're probably just gonna fade it out like it's just not gonna be as supported. Yeah, I imagine, I mean, especially, I don't know how stores like Best Buy are doing. You know, they always say that, like, the, the, the death rattle of a, a big chain like that is they start selling appliances and start pushing that whole thing. Best Buy's always sold appliances. It's been, I think, worse than ever. Like, they're, 
I'm always getting emails about promos on these appliances and the big, you know, deals they're having. And you go in now and like my Best Buy has been completely rearranged. You walk in and half the store is just all appliances now. They moved everything. All the, the video game stuff is now in the far, far back. Kind of like the, the Gresham one that we're used to. Um, but like in this tiny little area and it's all. Well, I just remember, I mean, totally anecdotally before we got the Best Buy in town when we could only go to the one at Cascade Station. That's a larger one. So they always had like a, a dedicated corner to like washers, dryers, refrigerators and like car audio, random little things. Right. That don't have as much turnover. Like they're not selling those those stock quickly. You know, it would be really shitty if Best Buy did go out of, out of business. I, you know, I, I, I frequent that store. Yeah. I don't have a lot of brand loyalty to Best Buy, but like for what they do, I think they do an adequate job. I don't really feel ripped off. I don't have this like vitriol in my gut that I do towards like GameStop. <laughs> oh, totally. GameStop is cancer, but, uh, but like, okay. Remember like Radio Shack, like they just went out of business and they, they were just, a little bit different. They've been out of business. <laughs> they've been like out of the public eye for the past like 10 years. I know, but they just went out of business. I actually knew someone who still worked there and, and they, uh, they officially died. I mean, technically Blockbuster is in our business. I went to a Blockbuster like a month ago. In Sandy? Yeah, I went to that one. <laughs> <laughs> they sold DVDs. That's, what about Blu-rays? Can you rent Blu-rays? I think I may have seen a Blu-ray. Do they still have VHS out there in Sandy? I didn't see any. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if I like dug a little deeper, you know, go on the bottom shelf. <laughs> you, you go to the Some back. Titles. You pull back the velvet curtain. and It's just laser disc. Just, just a bunch of blurry <laughs> VHS tapes, you know, post-it notes over the boxes titles. like ripped open. <laughs> I just was watching a video... Uh, that popped up my Facebook feed about the Blockbuster in Alaska. Uh, like I said, the Blockbuster as a corporate entity doesn't exist. I think these are independently run stores who bought stock. But yeah, it's not like their name is worth anything anymore. They're no. probably just like, you can have it. <laughs> it's just a weird family-owned little rinky-dink place that kept the Blockbuster moniker just because it you know brings the podunky little mom and pop down because, well, we know the old Blockbuster, you know. Versus something like home video store, <laughs> like something generic. Tim's video rental. Right. Hey, I mean, that's cool though. That's cool. like, like so many aspects of our nostalgia can be easily recreated, right? Like we want to play a retro game. Yeah. Because it's all advertised. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's like, part of it too. I mean, nostalgia is cool now. Yeah. But I mean, like if you want to play a game that we grew up playing and feel like a kid again, like it's so easy to access that. But there are things like, I mean, Chuck E. Cheese still exists for Christ's sake. But like the nostalgia of going to a video rental store and, and renting a game or, or a movie on a Friday night, like we can never do that again, right? Obviously, you know, back home, we've got one apparently in Sandy, which I haven't been to, but like it's one of those things where once they're gone, they're gone forever. And until they come back around and someone does a little like hip niche, little mom and pop shop, for the most part, like that's something that we can never relive. And that's like a really weird thing for me to, to think about and come to terms with. <laughs> Yeah, the closest you get is like something like a red box, but that's the equivalent of going to a vending machine and buying a a snack that you used to get at like a bodega that you would visit and it was like a real place. Like that's kind of the equivalent in my mind. But like you're saying, like renting a game and popping it in and sitting in front of a CRT is totally different than op- like even like opening up an emulator and playing it on your computer. Like it's just the place makes it a lot more of a touchstone, a lot more sensory memory. So here's something our listeners won't care about, but well, maybe a few will because they they know what we're talking about. But I was just I was catching up with a few old friends the other day, and we were talking about the old cafe that we used to frequent as teenagers, the old uh, cafe D back home. Oh yeah, the D dude. 
And uh, and even though the cafe is still there, downtown has gone through such a transformation, uh, and it's so it's so different down there now. And it was when they banned smoking out front the cafe that we just dropped that place like a bad habit. Oh yeah, there was an exodus. <laughs> yeah, it just it would just and we quit you know quit spending time down there. And it's one of those things where it's like we can never like get the boys back together and go sit in front of Cafe D and just chain smoke and drink coffee in the rain. Uh, one of those weird nostalgic things I was thinking about the other day. Thinking back to the good old days of being a shitless layabout. Uh, which is, you know, not about 90% of my life and all of my game memories. Yeah, but now it's been like it's been like six years and you just... It's not the same anymore, man. <laughs> it's not the same. I haven't felt, you know, I haven't felt passionate about a video game in many a year. That's since probably Skyrim, you know? I, I feel like uh, as we grow up, like video games for me anyway have become much less about like the the wonder and the you know, fantastic and getting lost in these worlds. And I look at video games uh, with a much more analytical eye, uh, which I think it's harder for me to play RPGs now because I just, I struggle to get invested in a story. Like if I want to, if I want to read, read a story, I'll read a book, right? Which I used to do plenty of. And, you know, I just, I just look at video games differently now. Have you experienced that or noticed that as you've gotten older or have you always kind of approached and felt about video games, you know, kind of the same throughout your life? I don't think I have seen them the same throughout my entire life. I don't know where the the point it was where I stopped having as much fun, but I think that's probably true. Just because we were all little kids and we would play with video games like they were toys. Yeah. And like I don't I don't play with toys now. Well that's a goddamn shame. I know. I'm really bummed, but video games like you know this about me. Like I have a hard time heaping praise on a video game. Like I'm not I don't get like super excited. I'm like chittering in my chair having to tell you about how awesome a thing is like you asked me how mario is i'm like it's good <laughs> it's okay you know beca- because i can't get myself to a place where i'm like bubbling with energy about it i don't know it's it's not that i'm not enjoying it like i'm clearly having fun or else i wouldn't dedicate however many hours i have into that game or something like breath of the wild where we have our differing opinions on how the mechanics work and whether or not that's a good idea and we're kind of being analytical about it, but it's because it's a lot easier to talk about that and communicate it than it is to say, I had a good time and <laughs> here are some more words about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's, it's just, it's interesting. And, um, and it saddens me sometimes cause I just wish I could just get absorbed into these games. And I've had some moments over the years, like I always say destiny, but that was totally different experience for me. That was more about being part of a community and, um, right. Yeah. And, and sort of having something to do as opposed to just getting lost on my own. Uh, Which I so. totally get. Like I played I played World of Warcraft for like two months and I had a good time with that because it was just me bringing my laptop over to a buddy's house and just sitting in their apartment. It was frigid cold out. I'd be like, I'd get work off because it was snowy and I'd walk in the snow with my laptop to the apartments down the street and just like cuddle up and play a bad game. Ah, but I'm man. playing it with my friends, so it was a good game because of that. Exactly. Oh, man. That's good old times. I wish uh, the ill-fated episode one of the Console Crusade podcast, which we never released, um, which I still I still could. I still could. We'll redux it one day. Yeah. We have to give it enough, enough space between us and that. <laughs> I know. I know. We talked about our favorite, our favorite games of all time and some of our favorite gaming memories. And, you know, I still have the video, man. It's just the raw camera audio, so it sounds like ass, but if anyone cares to hear it, you know, drop us a line. Hit us up on Twitter. I think that we could probably revisit that those topics if we did it with another person. 
Yeah. Because it would just be us rehashing personal stories to each other. It'd be us rehashing personal stories to a third party. <laughs> who, who's never heard it before. And yeah, you know, I think maybe we could. Or maybe we could look at our favorite games of all time in a different light. Maybe we, there's a way we could spin it where it's fresh for the both of us. Yeah, we get a little more granular with it. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's move on from all this nonsense. We get derailed easily. That's me. I am your host, EJ Olson. Well, that's the conversation crusade, and that's how we roll. Conversations. They're so messy. Uh, okay, so here's something that I haven't thought about at all, but it was posed to me, and I posed to you. So maybe we mm. could just riffraff on this. Maybe it fails. Maybe we talk only for five minutes. I don't know. Who cares? What do we want on the Switch? Like what? And I've thought about this before, and I know what I want in that. Like, okay, I know what Nintendo franchises I want to come out on the Switch. All of them. Okay, we don't need to get into that. Smash Brothers. Ooh, I ooh, want ooh. Pokemon. Right. I want Virtual Console. Right. <laughs> I've got good ideas. <laughs> good. Animal idea. Crossing. Like all, Pikmin, oh god, okay, all right, Metro, okay, we get it. F zero, <laughs> Earthbound. Do your Homestar impression. This is just list them all as Homestar Runner. A Pikmin four. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's uh, all you're getting. No, uh, but seriously, like Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face right now. He was like so. He's like, no, that's it. And then he's back at it. Oh man. Well, what what franchises that Nintendo has maybe never had, or maybe something that something crazy and far fetched? Like, I want The Last of Us Two to come to the Switch. Like things that'll never happen. I've got the perfect answer. Give it to me. Episode One Racer, Virtual Console, dude. It can this happen. Is, this is this is pod racing, baby. <laughs> this now this is pod racing. That's so wizard. You know what? I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back, dude. That's so wizard. I'm gonna get a shirt that says it. That's so wizard, bro. I'm bringing it back. I'm I'm reclaiming it. You've always been a big wizard fan. Washington and Harry Potter. <laughs> Both of those things. That's you know that's that's absolutely true, dude. I, I who's I with? I was with my brother the other day, and he was oh fuck I don't know what he was doing. He's doing something. He was touching something, and I was like, hey motherfucker. Quit touching my shit with your fucking Voldemort fingers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's creepy fucking long ass fingers. Uh, so how's that for topical? Who will milk Nagini? <laughs> Who will feed milk Nagini? It's milking. You milk the snake. Who? What, what's the line? Who is to milk? Nagini. Yeah. That is who is to milk. Or yeah, who will or who is. I don't remember the exact context, but it's who... Well, milk Nagini. Okay, we're right. I'm having deja vu about this. Like we we we've we've argued over the the semantics of Wormtail was like was being a little puss, and Voldemort being a weird little baby baby Horcrux looking thing. Baby Horcrux like, ass. He needs to be fed Nagini's venom. Right. Which there was that thing about Nagini being the constrictor from the first book that Harry talks to through the glass, but constrictors aren't venomous, so it was just J.K. Rowling doesn't know shit about snakes. <laughs> Oh, wait, is that, did she confirm that it's the same fucking snake? I think she might have mentioned it, but like, I don't know how. It was kind of like offhand kind of thing. Like some like shitty thing on Twitter. It, or like the end of an interview where they ask her and they're like, oh yeah, that, that sounds about right. Ha 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 ha. Okay. Oh God. J.K. Rowling has done nothing but, but lessen that franchise in the years since the, the last book was published. Just between the interviews and Twitter and. Hey man, at least she's not as bad as George Lucas. I mean, that's true. But to be fair, at least George Lucas made some like iconic all-time like classic film. Like the Harry Potter movies fucking sucked. Wait, are you talking about like American Graffiti? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm talking about um, Indiana Jones fucking four. Oh, yeah. Castle of the Crystal Kingdom. <laughs> it's actually Skull of the Crystal Kingdom. <laughs> it's the, uh, crystal, yeah. crystal, Crystal, Crystal. I literally don't know what it is now. King, Kingdom, of the, Kingdom Ca- of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm so confused now. Or Castle of the Kingdom Crystal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you sent me a picture the other day of, was it George Lucas, Kanye, and, and Elon Musk. And Elon Musk. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? The Holy fucking Trinity? <laughs> yeah, dude. The Father, God, Son, the, the Holy Father, Spirit. God, the Son, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? Like, why is George Lucas relevant? Like, how, how has this been relevant? And you said, well, hasn't he produced a lot? And I'm like, so is Stan Lee. That doesn't mean he's actually done anything. His name's just on shit, right? That's what fame is. If your name's on stuff and a lot of people see it, then a lot of people know that name. That's fame. And also being super rich. <laughs> I was going to say, generally, you have to work for that, but just look at the Kardashians and uh, celebrities of that ilk. Well, they don't do anything. Yeah, like Kanye. Kanye Kardashian. It's terrible. Kanye at least has like what some people consider, you know, all time like hip hop record, like going back He's to. He's the goat. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he hasn't done anything musically relevant in fucking 10 years, but um, he had his claim to fame once upon a time. His, al- his albums still sell. Well, of course they do. So do Drake. Drake's still a garbage artist. No one is going to call. That doesn't make him less famous, though. No, no, that's true. That's true. Your fame isn't measured by how good you are at things. It's measured by how many people know you. Obviously, obviously. I just, I, I don't respect famous people who, who haven't contributed anything of quality to the world at large. You shouldn't respect famous people anyway. You shouldn't respect anyone. Nobody's of any value. Whoa. Nihilism, Doc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's been the Console Crusade podcast. Thanks for listening. We will not see you again. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Okay. So anyway, what fucking franchises do you want to come to Nintendo Switch? To be honest, Star Wars would be great. That makes sense. EA will put a, a soccer game on Switch as like their their gauge of success about whether or not they can sell games on the platform. But I don't think soccer is nearly as wide reaching as something like Star Wars. I could be wrong. Sales numbers would easily prove me wrong but they won't make a single player campaign but they'll if they can do a multiplayer thing and get that to work on switch i don't know i'm curious to see uh what does happen with ea because i know they just came out and said that they're putting pretty much everything on hold for the switch until they kind of see what the demand looks like in the next year well it's not the next year it's the switch's first year so it's they'll okay. say more in march okay but Fair even enough. at that point they're not going to have time to or probably not the desire to even port their engine over all their games are made in the same engine. So if they need, if they want to make any of their games on the platform, then they're going to have to get their engine to work. That's like the number one requisite. But beyond that, I don't, I don't think they're going to do much besides publish their, their indie titles that they're because they, every big AAA has like a small indie division, you right. know? So they've already announced there's that, that game fair that's coming out next year. That's been announced for switch. That was shown at E3. Okay. Star Wars um, is probably Probably close to the top of my list, uh, especially all the hype around Battlefront 2, and, and you know we'll see what happens with that game. But mm-hmm. that's a game that I would easily forgo on the PS4 or the PC and pick it up on the Switch, despite the fact that it, I don't think the player base is probably going to be as, obviously, as strong or as hardcore as maybe I would want it in a game like that. Um, but if the single player is good and the local multiplayer is good, which was you know not the case in Battlefront 1, um, I would be all over that. Or even if we got, like, if EA would bring classic Star Wars games, like, I would pick up, 
you know, fucking KOTOR on the virtual console, right? Or like OG Battlefront 2. Yeah, absolutely. That was cross-platform. Battlefront 2, yeah. Yeah, that came out on... Uh, All three? No way it came out on GameCube. Did it come out on GameCube? No. I don't know. It just seems like one of those games. Because like every game back then was on every single platform. It was on Game right. Boy Advance 2 for some reason, you know? Yeah, right. They all right. had that kind of like weird downsized port. I know uh, for sure that it definitely came to the Xbox, uh, the OG Xbox, because that's one of the more sought-after titles on the original Xbox. For some reason, it really holds its value well in the in the retro market. So, um, yeah, Star Wars. I'd be all about that. I can't... Got any more? Because I can, I can keep popping off, dude. Yeah, give me another one, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, give me another one. It'd be cool to get something from Blizzard, like Overwatch or Hearthstone. Oh, yeah. 100%. Just because that would lend more support to the, to the platform, and it would... I think it would go a long way for, you know, hardcore gamers to believe that Nintendo's relevant, even though that doesn't really matter. Like, I don't, I'm not going to argue with randos on the internet about it, but I like the platform I'm supporting to be supported by large companies like that. 100%. Activision has only put out Skylanders. I don't foresee a Call of Duty in the, in the relative future unless Switch really goes buku and sells over like 20 million in the first year or something crazy like that. Which I, I don't anticipate that happening. I mean, besides that from Activision, I, I would also, it'd be cool to see Crash come oh, yeah. to other platforms, but Switch, ideally, because that's the one I have. Uh, is it coming to PC? They haven't said. I mean, they haven't said that, that it won't. So that's the biggest indicator that it will. <laughs> you know, a few weeks back, there was a leaked placeholder for Crash Switch, right? Yeah, but those are always like, it's always some like random German retailer that they just put things on their store and it means nothing, you know? Yeah. Or maybe they do it because they, they want to get their, their name in the news for a, a brief second. Oh, they've got the secret knowledge from Activision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be cool to get something like, you know, I mean, obviously a few months ago I would have said something like Skyrim and we're fucking getting it. That's that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, but something like The Witcher 3, which is one of the most, you know, uh, uh, lauded RPGs of the last decade. Can I, can I interrupt you for a second? What do you mean a few months ago you would have said Skyrim? We've known about Skyrim on Switch since they first showed the Switch. In like November last year, <laughs> like 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 if someone had asked me like what game do you want to see on a fucking handheld, Skyrim being one of my favorite games ever, it would have been the first game. I know, I I'm say. just you know busting your balls about semantics. Yeah, but uh, but The uh, Witcher, yeah, something like The Witcher Three would be cool. I don't know, The how Witcher they... Two on Switch. Those the first two games honestly sucked. <laughs> they, were, they were really bad. Hey man, not bad for a company that started out as a a CD pirating company. <laughs> Dude, isn't that amazing? We, we, we talked about that on uh, episode four, developer origin info. Go back and listen to that. Yeah, the guy from CD Projekt Red would fucking burn CDs and sell them in the, the local marketplace down in Yugo fucking Slavia, where the fuck he's from. Wow, they're definitely not from Yugoslavia. <laughs> so I'm, that was, okay, I'm sorry. Sweden. Sweden. I think Sweden. Yeah. I think Sweden. They're Swedish. Is it Sweden or like Finland or, you know, I get them all mixed up. Yeah, some Scandinavian country. Uh, something like that. You know, if we're talking multiplayer games, like Destiny would be really cool to come to the Switch. But again, I don't know if the player base is there. Even if the Switch sold like the Wii sold, your your base is different. That's the problem with uh, relying so heavily on games of service, multiplayer games with these super long tails. They're not really feasible unless you have an install base. I don't know how you start that on a platform that you haven't been on for so, so long. With shoddy internet, like I don't know how it how Nintendo's internet can handle it. So, and especially something that is so you know this, the whole appeal of the Switch is that it's it's portable, you can take it with you. Obviously, playing something like Overwatch or Destiny or you know even Hearthstone doesn't lend itself well to being on the playground with your buddies. But it's also as much a console as it is a handheld. 
That's just true. because it can be taken around doesn't mean that you have to make the game solely for that aspect. Like there's already been games that are handheld only, only a few. I feel like that's that's uh, one of those things that developers look at though, and for some reason it's this like either or. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's. So it's, I play my I play my Switch primarily docked. I know you play mostly handheld because of the the nature of how you play games, but. For yeah. me, it's like my only system that I play, and I play more frequently than you do, so I'm playing on my TV. No, and I, I certainly love the, the versatility of it, but again, yeah, just the fact that it's like, oh man, such a powerful handheld device. And it's even more a bummer because Destiny is so much a, a PvE experience, yeah. like a lot of like the raids and stuff is very MMO in that aspect. So if it was a smaller raid team, it'd be kind of cool to be like you, me, and Max sitting on the couch taking on a raid in the same room but with our own screens like that's even more of a, a cool land party than us sitting and using headphones and talking to each other i'd rather do that shit in person massively appealing like i'd be all over that uh and 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 honestly the most the the, the most time i spend playing video games anymore is when i'm with people that's what we decide to do right like it's it's easy i make time for people and we make time for video games it's much easier than when i'm in the midst of a crazy work schedule and Try to make time to play a game of myself when it's like I could be doing a million other things. I could be catching up with my reading list. I could be fucking, you know, hanging out with my girlfriend or like whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, playing video games, unfortunately, has become sort of a, a low priority, even though I play some form of video game like every day. It's not like I used to and I'm not completing games like I used to, which is saying something because I never finish games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even more depressing we've we said this before but i would absolutely love to get the south park games like give me a dual pack oh yeah easy yeah i was gonna bring that up too that was that was on my list of games like that's just such a that's easy no brainer come on new games even in snowdrop snowdrop works on switch come on (laughs) i mean so i imagine it's only a matter of time i guess it depends on how well fractured but whole I think I said stick of truth earlier. I can't remember. But anyway, Fracture Ball depends on how well it sells. I imagine it's going to be fine when we finally hear those numbers. Like, it will have done well. People have been anticipating the game. It reviewed very positively. So I imagine unless Nintendo, for some reason, would block that coming to their platform, which why would they when we have these other mature games like Wolfenstein and Doom and... They've actually, like, outwardly said that they want more mature titles on the platform. Right. South Park's perfect. And they, they talk to Ubisoft... That's how rabbits happened, you know, like yeah. Nintendo and Ubisoft have been fairly close. Even on the Wii U, they had titles. Zombie U was a launch title, you know? Right. They throw Ubisoft that bone time and time again. So it would make sense to to port over a game like that. I'm, I just, I don't like it when publishers don't say if they have intentions to do it because I don't, that makes me not want to buy it on a single platform because it, it feels like they're waiting for all the sales they can get off of PS4 and Xbox and PC and then they'll announce it on Switch so they can get people to double dip. That's just, I don't like that. I don't think we'll ever see that parity between the consoles, especially as, you know, PlayStation and Microsoft evolve their platform. You know, we're always going to be getting the game six, eight, ten, twelve months later, like we are with a lot of the Bethesda titles. And that's, it's not the worst thing. That's fine. Just tell me. With Bethesda, right. you know it's coming out. Right. I know Wolfenstein 2 is coming out. So you can you can patiently wait. But keeping it in the dark until, like you said, the, the 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 press cycle is over and everyone's forgotten about the game. And then, oh, remember this from six months ago or 12 months ago? Yeah, it's so. lucrative, but it doesn't make me less like, unhappy about it. No, it's not consumer friendly. And and obviously, very few people vote with their wallets, Nick. We, we bitch and complain. And we go to Twitter and we, we whip out the torches and the pitchforks. But like at the end of the day, people's spending 
doesn't change. No, I totally, I totally understand that. That's how I feel about the whole microtransaction fiasco that's been going on in the past, well, since the beginning of the year, really. Yeah. It wouldn't be a problem if y'all didn't give them the business. Y'all give them the business while you're pretending to give them the business. You right. know what I'm saying? Y'all just want to, <laughs> y'all just want to be big man children and make a big stink on, on Twitter and be part of the zeitgeist, right? I want to be a part well, of this. I mean, it's not even just that, but it's like 10,000 people can complain about something, but if the game sells 10 million copies and 25% of that 10 million, so like two, you know, two and a half million people are paying in a microtransaction at a reasonable pace, they're totally going to wash over you and your opinion. That's true. It doesn't matter what you think. You could be totally not buy those games and it's not going to affect their bottom line. They're going to keep pushing the envelope until it's not profitable anymore. And then they'll push something else. Oh, they'll push it two steps forward and then walk it back next year and everyone will praise them and they'll just do the same thing. Right. That's that's the most ridiculous trend in modern gaming. Sort of like with the Battlefront uh, 2 beta. What happened with that? Everyone's complaining about Boba Fett and how you can buy cards to be invincible while you're flying as Boba Fett. And they're like, oh, you're not actually, we're walking that back. We're changing things. Everyone's like, yay. That's OP. Like, Good. I mean, great. <laughs> but whatever. And there's a fine line between like, like, are you listening to your fan base and you're listening to your consumers and taking appropriate steps to, to make positive changes? Or is it, is it a ploy? Or is it just because, you know, like, like what are the real motivations there? And I guess, does it matter? I would argue that it does. But at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't. The bottom line's the same. So who cares? Right. And it gets to the point where not every game is for you, which sucks. You know, especially if you're a fan of the IP, something like Star Wars. Like, if they want to make that game specifically for the people who want to pay to win... They can totally make that game and they can make a million billion dollars off it. That sucks. And you're not going to want to buy into it and that sucks. Ah. And it's a bummer. And the only way you can voice your opinion on that is to complain. But since it's not your wallet that is affecting their wallet, then it doesn't really matter to them as a company. That's fucking. It's just all about optics and trying to be viewed in a less negative light. But at the same time, EA is like notorious. Everyone hates EA. Everyone has a, an axe to grind against EA so they can handle it, you know? Yeah. They're already seen as the bad guys. They can shut off. They can shut down Visceral and that's not going to, no one's going to really complain any more than they usually do against right. them. Right. Uh, I guess that's true. It's like embrace that villain role. the dark knight. <laughs> or not the villain we need, but it's the villain we deserve. Something like that. I always hated that line. I used, I used that line the other day in my everyday conversation referencing something. And uh, I realized, I was like, Man. It's the great power, great responsibility of, of Batman. It's just, it's so much less impactful though. It's so cheesy to me. I don't know. Is, is great power, great responsibility? Is that line? Is that cheesy? Yes. Is it lame? It's really? super cheesy. Ah. It's followed up by Aunt May say, you're not Superman, you know? <laughs> Which version are we talking about here? We're talking about Spider-Man 1. I know, but I'm just saying. like, like that's Tobey Maguire. <laughs> no, that's like, come on. That's like quoting an all-time Star Wars and then being like, just kidding, like prequel reference. Like, come on. I don't fuck Tony McGuire. Oh, fucking weird man face. God damn it, Nick. Fuck this shit. Let's move on. Nintendo Switch sales. Give me the numbers, didn't baby. Have, di- didn't have any more games you want to see on Switch? Um, kind of just depressed about EA and Activision. <laughs> like I said, obviously all the Nintendo titles in the world, but we don't need to mention all those. Um, Assassin's Creed. I'd like to play Assassin's Creed again. I missed that franchise. I haven't played it in four years. New yeah, one just came cool. out. It'd be cool to get on the Switch. There was never any on Wii, were there? Black Flag was on Wii U. Oh, there's probably there's probably a 3ds side scroller i mean they've made a vita one i think so uh look it up i don't know i'm curious Assassin's creed that came out that first one came out 10 years ago didn't it 2007 yeah 
It's pretty wild. They put out a lot of games in the past 10 years. And apparently all they needed was just to take 12 months off. Well, 12 more months off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's being received fairly well, but I don't know. If you weren't into Assassin's Creed, I don't know how the latest one's going to really bring you in. No, at this point, the, the Ubisoft open world their person action RPG-esque games are all, you know, the watchdogs of the world and the, you know, they're all the same games. Far Cry. Yeah, Far Cry. You're either into them or you're not. They'll, you know, Far Cry's first person, but but same thing, right? You got to climb a tower, get some objectives, collect the feathers. Right. If, 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 if you're not into it, you're not into it and this won't change your mind. But even for those who were into it, like the last three Assassin's Creed games were really fucking lame. <laughs> like really rub Wasn't people the wrong it, uh, way. Didn't people like Syndicate? I have not read a positive Assassin's Creed review. It was the one before the last one. Unity, maybe. What do we have? Was it Black Flag and then Unity Syndicate in whatever order? Was there, wasn't there another one in there? Black Flag was four. Yeah. And then I think it was just Unity and Syndicate. I okay. don't know which order they came out in, though. Right. So maybe it was just the two and then they took a break because they were both not received uh, uh, very well. I remember they had the big controversy with like the one of them. They had the embargo on the reviews until like the morning the game came out, mm. and then the game came out to all sorts of crazy game breaking glitches and bugs, and it was just it was a total fiasco. Think that was Unity. Yeah, I want to say it was. The syndicate was which one was Foggy London Town? <laughs> Are, aren't they all Foggy London Town? No, this <laughs> a fucking old Victorian. Black was like the Caribbean, wasn't it? Well, I, I obviously yeah. I'm just saying then, like. There was the Revolutionary War one. Yes, three. Which was three. I was making a joke. There's the Ezio, Ezio trilogy. Altair right. was the first one. Yeah. No, in the Middle East. Very interesting. Well, yeah, one was like Rome. Altair was Rome, wasn't it? No, Altair or was Italy. in the Middle East. Uh, Ezio was, was Italy initially. He went okay. all over the place. Anyway, whatever. Right. I don't know. I'm just trying to get a, a grasp on it. That'd be cool to see. I don't know. If we'll get an Origins port, or if it's more likely that we would get a custom, not like a custom story, but like a custom, you know, engine game. Just to, I don't know if those are made in Snowdrop, or if it's something else at the scalability of it. Right. Because that's not like a, a game texture size down thing. That's like draw distance and like populating the worlds and having NPCs that react normally and that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's less likely something like that, I think, could come to the Switch. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there were other games on like 360, and that's kind of comparable to what the Switch can handle. So I don't know. Well, it's funny that people always compare the the power between the two systems as being comparable, but I think it's what they do and how they do it that differs. Um, like like the Switch anti-aliasing is non-existent. Like they just it can't do that. It just doesn't have the requisite CPU power. And so I think it can. It just it's a it's a low priority thing. Unfortunately, because it's like one of the biggest things you can do to make your games look instantly less fucking shitty. No, higher frame higher frame rate. I would rather take frame rate over aliasing. Okay, obviously, but that that that's a, that's a much bigger power draw, I think, is doubling your frame rate. Well, what would you have steady 30 or choppy 30 with anti-aliasing? Well, okay, this is like we're getting really granular in the use case here. Obviously, I would rather have like best performance a detriment to the visuals. Like, you know, I want the best of both worlds, but obviously you can't always have that. Like in some, you know, some games it's like, I would rather have less blades of grass and, you know, like like in Zelda, like give me some better anti-aliasing so you're not looking at these jaggies whenever you get, you know, too close to the camera or too close to the screen rather. I don't need all the blades of grass. Like that doesn't do anything to actually enhance the game I'm playing, but I know it's taking up a lot of resources to do that. To be fair, I don't know if you know 
how the game would feel without Blades of Grass. Listen, I know you're being facetious, but that is actually a valid point. But I can tell you, at least from my experience in many other games where you can turn on the grass, you can adjust the foliage to your desired levels. I've seen how it impacts performance and I've seen how it impacts like the fidelity of a game. Rarely does it make a difference. And I always, I'll turn it down if I need more better performance because it's just not important to me to have that much. Because it's half the time I can, Grand Theft Auto, I remember specifically on the PC, it made no difference. Like, I mean, it's there if you look at comparisons of certain areas, but I remember playing Assassin's Creed 4 on the PC. When you turn the foliage all the way down or whatever, like, that, that is a legitimately big difference because you're in this lush, mm. densely forested area half the time in the Caribbean. Grand Theft Auto made no difference, but it skyrocketed your performance. So, of course, I played that bitch all the way down and it didn't affect me. So, not to be, like, super nitpicky, which I know I am, but I think you can kind of draw a big difference between those games and uh, Zelda and that Zelda is like cell shaded. So the art style lends itself better to having actual movable objects as opposed to in like Grand Theft Auto, the ground has a texture, even if it doesn't have physics based blades of grass moving around. So I think it needs those them blades to like really feel like you're in a grassy area as opposed to walking on a green piece of geometry <laughs> you know it's interesting now that we're seeing you know the xbox one x is launching and we're seeing how console games are giving players graphical options now hey man there's at least one switch game that does that which game fire emblem warriors oh really you can choose between visuals and frame rate you can go between 1080 30 to 720 60 that's really cool that's really awesome uh, i think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of that in in console games going forward companies are finally aware that obviously some people don't know the difference between 30 and 60 those people are freaking ridiculous but like they exist but they they recognize that that people want the option and it's not that hard to give us that option you know what i mean all of these games are developed with fucking graphic sliders at some point in their lifetime it's not that difficult uh in the dev cycle to to give us the option even if it's just a simple clean like do you want performance versus visuals like just even if we can't get granular with how we you know do i want what kind of anti-aliasing do i want what textures do i want what you know even if it's just something simple like that between you want the visuals or do you want the lower resolution and the higher frame rate take the higher frame rate every day because on your tv you're not going to see the damn difference between 720 textures output at 1080 versus 1080 textures output at 1080 you're not going to see the difference it's not about the textures about the geometry also like just the rendering of the of the the visuals like if you take a 720p image and blow it up to 1080p it's gonna be blurry so it just depends on your same with like frame rate it depends on your sensitivity to that well thank god for options nick thank god thank god for adaptive resolution that's a cool thing yeah and something i don't notice very often and when i do i'm like holy crap that's an amazing bit of tech yeah really trying to trying to sell this like, experience wow, it looks, it looks bad while i move this camera but it's it's amazing that it does that right <laughs> I noticed it really bad in uh, Mario when I had a stack of like 20 Goombas and I was like scrolling the camera around and like the Goombas went from like, you know, 720 or 900p to like 480. They got real chunky. Right. (laughs) So a couple things, last things we wanted to touch on. Blast some numbers. The Switch sales. I want you to give them all to me, baby. Oh God, you want me to rattle this off the top of my head because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like 7.36 million total Switches now which is up from a little under 5 million last quarter. So about two and a half million sold worldwide in the past three months, which is super great, but it's also the kind of the calm before the storm. Right. As it were. And there weren't a lot of, I don't know, 
big selling games. I mean, Splatoon obviously did pretty well. That sold over 3 million units. I think it's at like 3.6. Zelda is the highest selling Switch game at close to 5 million, which is a pretty pretty good install base. Mario broke 2 million in 3 days, which like ranks it at the fastest selling Super Mario game of all time. Oh man, that's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. Good game. Deserves it, I think. What about Mario Kart? What are, I mean, Mario Kart had to have done okay. Mario Kart's at like four and a half. It's just trailing behind Zelda a little bit. It'll probably surpass it in the total lifespan of the Switch because Mario Kart. It seems crazy to me that like seven and a half million Switches out there and only five million Zeldas. Like, what are these people doing with their lives? I don't know. Maybe they're losers. I just, we <laughs> buy a $300 device and you don't buy fucking Zelda. I don't get it. It makes sense. Two to and me. a half million people in the world just really hate weapons breaking. With that, I don't blame them. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if I would have known, if I would have known. <laughs> If I could go back in time. I wouldn't have put 140 hours into that fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> if I had known better. Yeah. In our Nintendo group chat, we we were waxing over the um, Switch sales and how you know only only two million in the US and you know only seven million worldwide. And okay, this is ooh. They announced two million with their last sales call back in what, June? Oh, is it that far back? Yeah. Okay. So they haven't updated those numbers. Usually the when milestones are reached, so maybe they haven't broken 3 million in the US yet, but Japan has weekly sales data. So you okay. can actually see how many switches have sold in the in, in Japan specifically. Right. So it's done really well over there. Like over half of switches I think have sold in Japan. I was initially pretty worried thinking, okay, 2 million in the US or whatever it is, and maybe just shy of 3. Like Japan is not going to carry the the switch. But then Chris so wonderfully reminded me that hey holiday season's right around the corner and i keep forgetting that right because it, it launched in the in the spring and that's weird and you know the 3ds did the same thing right the 3ds launched in the spring right and it sold mm-hmm. terribly initially it took a little longer than the switch even i think to really gain you know the sales that nintendo's looking for but like people didn't like the 3ds the switch is at least like wildly popular everyone who has one loves it the big difference there i think is that the 3ds was just another ds Right. Like the only reason you'd buy a 3DS is to play DS games. Right. Whereas the Switch, you can actually play new games and nobody had a Wii U. Nobody wanted a Wii U, but the Switch is a, it's a very compelling device where the yeah. 3DS wasn't. And it wasn't until what Mario 3D Land, that was like the first real game that made people want to buy the, the 3DS. Right. And it was a while before they got a, a Pokemon. Right. Which that's pretty much always the case. I think there wasn't a DS Pokemon until like 2006. That was two years after that thing came out. Yeah, it is always the case, which seems really weird. You think they, they'd have been, you know, instead of putting out, oh, I get it because there are so many 3DS in the wild, like they have to do something else on the 3DS, but like maybe two years ago, y'all could have started developing for the Switch like everybody else. Well, if uh, the Pokemon company was entirely first party, I'm sure Nintendo would have cracked that whip a lot harder. Right. But since they are pretty much just selling to the largest market, then they can they can afford to do what they want. <laughs> Christmas is coming, man. You throw a picture of Sean Bean up there because I think this thing's going to do gangbusters. And they're, they're available now. They're on, they're on the fucking store shelves everywhere you go. Maybe that's anecdotal, but... Come end of January when we get our next financial call and reports come in, then we'll really see how, how well Nintendo's doing. Why are we so invested? Like, why do we care? I don't know. I think this is kind of cool to stay apprised of the news. Sure. That's half the, the, half the video game content I take in is just news about video games. I don't play as much as I listen to because... I listen to podcasts at work and that's all I listen to. Fair enough. I don't even have time to listen to podcasts anymore. 
What's happening in my life? I think the last thing that uh, we're going to actually have time to talk about, I want to talk about Amazon Retro Zone. Okay, we, I got to touch on it real quick. <laughs> I to touch on it real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. It's the dumbest sounding thing I've ever heard. Amazon Retro Zone. Well, they're capitalizing on the success of fucking, you know, the Nintendo Super Nintendo Classic and the NES Classic Edition. They launched an entire section of their site to retro video games. All retro, all the time. Retro oh, thank Zone. God. Oh, oh, hold on. Let me read their tagline. Some retro, some of the time. Some of the time, right? <laughs> if if the shit's in stock, right? Uh, their tagline is, explore awesome retro video games, cool action figures, hip clothing, and more. <laughs> like, I mean, it only makes sense. Somebody's mom is going to shop on RetroZone exclusively this holiday season. Target graphic tees, now on Amazon. Honestly, it's what they are, you know? It's, it's literally just stuff like that. Clothes, the action figure, the Amiibo. The, I mean, there's some cool books, but it's like... Everyone's trying to cash in on the retro thing, which I think it's too little too late. Cause I think the, you know, as a, as a rehabilitating collector, right. Not quite yet reformed, but I'm getting there. You know, this is the kind of thing I would have hated to see a year ago. They're killing my hobby. Ah! You're also not exactly the market to, to buy the, the weird swag though. No, but it's, it's stuff like this retro zone. And then next thing you know, fucking channel eight news is running a story about how someone found a game boy worth $10 million in their attic. No, they fucking didn't. And it's just, it's just bad for the, the retro scene and for actual collectors who, you know, this has been their hobby for 10 years or more. And, and that's the kind of thing that, that they hate to see. And I hated to see. It's just kind of like, it makes you roll your eyes. It's dumb. You know, you can buy, you can get all these, like, look, I'm looking at their top retro games. It's just a bunch of mobile titles. Like Mega Man Mobile, like Samurai Shodown 2, like a fucking old SNK port. Like, okay. Do they have Pokemon? Uh, no, they do have some old Dragon Quest, though. Look at that. Akira Toriyama art. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, uh. I just want to mention it because this is the kind of thing I said. I, I hate to see. And if uh, I'd be a lot more mad if I was still invested in the, the retro community like I was. It's like when you see like like really cool memes. You get something really spicy, and next thing you know, like Nintendo releases a video with fucking Death Stare Luigi, and it's like, well, you ruined the fun for everybody. This isn't cool anymore. Thank you. I think yeah, that's a that's a salient comparison because they're <laughs> both they're both just completely stupid, and who cares? Like, why should you care about? They took my meme and they appropriated it, and now it's not funny anymore. <laughs> hey man, as a straight white male, I'm pretty low on the goddamn totem pole, and I need something. And I'm not the kind of asshole who's going to go on a on an all lives matter rant or something. Like my thing is retro <laughs> video games. You give that to me. Like just let me have that and leave it alone. Sorry, your privilege hasn't given you a blue check mark on Twitter. <laughs> God damn it. You know I've been asking all forty nine followers of mine. Fucking got your hair bleached, <laughs> looking like Hitler Youth closer every Dude, day. Oh my god. <laughs> I was thinking like Super Saiyan maybe, you know. But cool, we'll go with the racist thing. I mean you yell a lot, but I haven't seen your hair stand on end yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, you see this picture. I got something for you, bud. Off, oh god. off air. Okay, so last thing that um I want to mention, we're gonna talk about it next week. Um when does AGDQ start? Oh, this is January. Oh my fucking god. We'll talk about it later. Never mind. I don't care. AG to Q release her schedule, but we have months to talk about it, so fuck off with all this. Oh, it is January? Yeah, it's yeah, January. Yeah. I do love me some speedruns. I'll bring you some some spicy speedrun stories next week. Also, eventually we need to talk about the possibility of a Game Boy Classic because I aggregated two separate lists. Let's also do that next week. Very fully featured. I would love to do that. I have Excel sheets, dude. (laughs) Dude, you are a real science man. Let's let's do that because I want to talk about 
not only the Game Boy and what that could look like and you know the different iterations, but also I want to talk about the potential 64, which I think is less likely to happen, to be honest. All six games that you would want? <laughs> All six games, half of which probably will never be licensed because of how much money would be involved. But it, a boy can dream, right? Right. So let's dream Episode together. One, racer. Dude, give me that battle for a new boo, baby. <laughs> Shadow of the Empire. Oh, terrible. Terrible game. Hey, man, it's got Dash Rendar or whatever. Dash Rendar. Get it right. Don't fuck with me did, right now, Nick. I said Dash. I thought you said Ash. No, I would never say Ash. Bruce Campbell asked. I was just talking about Pokemon or, or the Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> or that little boy that smoked too much and he sounded like, ah, Ash, Charmander. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Chocolate. I can't properly do the sound that Ash sounds like from the first few seasons of Pokemon. I'm sorry. You know, he had a great voice. He really did. He did. That woman, great job. She did. G great job. J woman. Hey, we did an hour and 20, 20 minutes. That's good. It feels good. Feels Not nice, bad. man. Uh, this is we, we, much more energetic than last week. I feel like last week's pod, I'm dreading editing it. Dreading it. I'm dreading it, Nick, because nice. We, nice. Were, we were just a couple of grumpy Boys. geese. I hadn't finished the game. Dude, just do a super low effort edit. Just get it out. Just crank that out. We'll get this one out because uh, I had a good time catching up and chatting. Got to get a good... If we record every week, we should probably release once a week too. Otherwise, you're going to have like 40 podcasts. You're going to have to edit on one fateful hey, Sunday. <laughs> we're we're one fateful Sunday. Hey, we're getting there, okay? Tonight, you're like, let the record show. I tried to record on a Monday. And I said, you know what, Nick? I did I it. I want to make it happen. Two weeks in a row. Okay. <laughs> a new so, record. So um, this is the start of something beautiful. I feel it. Anyway, y'all, it's been the Concert Crusade Podcast. I'm E.J. Olson. This is Nick Durheim. Find us on Twitter at the places I will block you. We'll see you around or we'll see you another time. <laughs> Let's make this outro as awkward as possible. Ka-chow, dude. They're killing my hobby! Ah!